with the Spurs foul. See, Miami going for the three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound, box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Hello and welcome to another Insight NBA show here on the Insight Podcast Network. Uh, I'm SC underscore Matrix and today I'm here with Mally, Mr. Live My Fantasy himself. Mate. How are you? Feeling great. Always a pleasure, never a chore to be with you, Matty. <laughs> Fantastic. And today we're going to be chatting about the uh, the Toronto Raptors. Don't mind the fact that I'm a, uh, a little hungover after going to the NBL Blitz over here in Australia. Um, maybe seeing some future Raptors players if they, um, if they are where I sort of expect them to be this year. That's a sharp little dig. <laughs> Yeah, look, let's uh, let's go there. I'm obviously not expecting them to maybe be too good this year. Um, as always, uh, we are brought to you here today by the Standard Squeeze, Ryan from Astute Newstead, and Fantasy Scores. Um, go on, have a squeeze. Um, use our promo promo code Insight fifteen to get fifteen percent off at Standard Squeeze. Um, if you're looking at financing your house, your um, your car. Uh, anything over here in Australia, uh, Ryan from Astute Newstead can help you out uh, with over 40 different lenders. Um, yeah, it definitely uh, definitely saves you having to do the work. And uh, we've been getting all our analytics from Fantasy Scores, which I'm sure we will reference during the show. I'm pretty excited just to dig straight into the Raptors. Um, I suppose, let's start at the end. Um, I suppose the main thing with the Raptors... Yeah, yeah, good stories. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, you uh, have listened to an Insight Podcast Network. Um, I suppose you know. How do you expect the Raptors to go this year, Melly? Oh, much the same as last year. It's exciting that they've got a new coach. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later on about the fact that Draco probably or won't not Draco. What's his name? Rajevic, Rajevic, their new coach. Um, hopefully he's not going to just dr- uh, drill them into the ground. Um, they've got rid of Freddie Van Vliet with his corn chip knees. So, uh, yeah, probably a shame for him. He probably would have lasted a little bit longer now under the new coaching regime, now that Nurse has packed his bag and he's going to meet up with the other bloke who's on the screen right now, my mate, your mate, <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah, I suppose I rated... Nick Nurse, um, and he was good from a fantasy standpoint where he played your guys a lot, but he drove them into the ground basically until injury, and I found myself not really relying on Raptors um, towards the end of the year because I didn't really expect them to be playing come finals time. Yeah, they were great until they weren't, and that's exactly the situation with them. They, Yeah, he just uh, made a mess of them. But while they were on the court and, you know, playing – high 30s minutes um it was a real treat for for fantasy uh lovers you want to talk about yeah. ins and outs okay oh, let's talk about uh dennis schroeder so he's 
he's probably the uh, the biggest name on that list um, of a of a list that's fairly underwhelming. So we've got Dennis Schroeder coming in, obviously off a massive uh, FIBA FIBA basketball season, winning the MVP award. We can't really uh, scoff at that too much. Great in the Dick, tournament, a man whose name, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, that too. Grady Dick, a man whose name is fun to say, um, a 13th draft pick. I reckon he's going to get some minutes this year. Jalen McDaniels, probably in my top two uh, McDaniels brothers. We've got Garrett Temple, surprised he's still playing in the league. Will Barton, he could be a clone of Garrett Temple for all I care. Marquise Noel, uh, Mohamedou, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Guy, and Javon Freeman Liberty who that must be the best name uh, since uh, Meta World Peace, Javon Free- Freeman Liberty. That's very impressive. So most of that yeah. list aren't going to be worth talking about. I think Jalen Jalen McDaniels, uh, Grady Dick, and Dennis Schroeder, the top three on that list, are going to get minutes and going to get time and going to be fantasy relevant. And then heading out, obviously, if you don't know about this, uh, you probably shouldn't even be starting playing fantasy basketball uh, at the moment, but Fred Van Vliet is out. He's headed well, over to... Well, you to... can listen to us and become very good at fantasy basketball, so... Yeah, true, true. Yeah, got to start somewhere. So, Freddie's gone um, over to be the veteran presence in Houston. Joe Weisskamp, he's gone. Delano Banton, who kind of looked to me like a, a bit of a carbon copy of... Uh, what's that rapper's name? This is a long list. I'm not going to give you many... <laughs> <laughs> one of the rappers, uh, Ken Birch, yes, we've so talk, talked about another us, and uh, one show, Hernan Gomez, on the way out there too. So nothing terribly exciting. I guess the hole that's left by Fred Van Vliet is the biggest point of conversation these slides. Yeah. And look, I actually, if you look at my, uh, at my Google history, and don't panic, folks, um, it actually just says, uh, how old is Will Barton? Because I Googled that while you were on because it feels like he's been in the league for a long time. And actually, a couple of years ago, I found him quite good in fantasy in, in some deeper formats. So maybe if there's some injuries, you know, some blokes like Garrett Temple and Will Barton will get a run. Um, but, yeah, look, there's – and we're going to have a look at the team's um, – the team sheeting again in a second, there's probably nobody that you will be considering really high in your drafts. Um, So I suppose maybe we can help you find some sleepers. Yeah, definitely. There's a couple in here. Yeah. Um, So heading into the team, um, look, you've got Dennis Schroeder, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and uh, Jakob Pertl came over last year as well. Look, we're going to delve into the starting five uh, on the next slide. Um, but tell us about Gaz, Gary Trent Jr. Um, well, I've got a, I've given him a, an equal symbol there. I think his role basically stays pretty much the same. If he ends up being the, uh, the sixth man, um, he's going to do a lot of damage from the bench. He can shoot. He can get steals. He was a steals leader a couple of seasons ago. Outside of that, he's not doing very much Um 2.53s, that's not too bad. Four feet, three, three for his field goal percentage is pretty yucky. Free throws are pretty uh, pretty good. But rebounds and assists are nearly non-existent. And, um, yeah, he doesn't even accidentally block a ball. He steals it, and that's the yeah. only way he gets a ball out of the opposition's hands. But 
you know, he's going to have plenty of um, plenty of the ball. If you look at the rest of the the second unit, obviously besides Grady Dick, who might even end up working his way into the into the starting unit, Jalen McDaniel's doesn't like to shoot. Chris Boucher, he does, but just doesn't get the opportunity. And Precious Achua, no way. So it's just going to be the the Gary Trent Jr. show, I'd say, in that second unit. Yeah, and I think they're going to have to be forced to play some extra guys. Um, like, you know, maybe you Will Bartons and that do get a run having a look at this roster. Yeah, there's, there's a potential for it. Um, obviously, when we look at the Toronto Raptors of last year and we look at the way that Nurse ran his unit, he basically used eight men. You know, there was people in his roster that barely saw the light of day. So this year yep. we're expecting a much different um, setup. There's going to be people getting a run that weren't uh, in the depths of the Raptors last year. After that, we've got Grady Dick. Um, we don't know what to expect from. Well, we do know what to expect from him. Uh, he'll be raining threes. A meme. And uh, yeah, yeah, and just doing other Christian white guy stuff. Um, a little bit of defense. He's versatile. He can play a couple of positions. He's basically what the Raptors need. We're going to talk about him in a deep dive later on. Jalen McDaniels, I don't really know where his stats went, but they've disappeared. But he's known as a guy who who can play some pretty solid defense. He might have trouble on the team that's still fairly forward and center heavy. He may get lost in, in, uh, in amongst the sea of those minutes. We've got Chris Boucher. He's a person who... Again, a few seasons ago, had a little upside and people started to get excited about what he could do. And he had some minutes there and then Nurse kind of all but shut him down and just gave him laughable minutes. It says here only from last year that he was playing 20 minutes and Precious Achua was playing 20 as well. Um, nothing serious coming out of either of those. Plenty of red, not a lot of green, nothing to get too excited about in those two there. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, I, I've given I was, I've given Dennis. Yeah, go on. I always liked Chris Boucher as a point per minute sort of guy. Um, like he does seem to do a lot quite often with um with limited opportunity. If they did decide to go to a little like they're obviously playing small ball, but you know if Jakob Pertl found himself injured or or something like that, like I could see a world where. Boucher does become like I can see a world where a fair few of these guys do become fantasy relevant. Like I can see the pathways there, um, especially when you're looking at five of your top six players playing what over thirty minutes a night uh, last season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to be fair, Chris Boucher is my second favorite sporting Boucher after Bobby Boucher. So, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's always going to live in the shadow of his Adam Sandler uh, uh, cousin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, the only other thing I want to say, only other thing I want to say here is that I, I gave Dennis Schroeder the plus symbol coming from playing a six man role last year. Obviously he's going to get more touches. He's going to be on the court a lot more than he was last year. I, I There'll be a debate that we have very soon, which is a debate that's going on pretty heavily in the NBA at the moment, which is whether Dennis gets the nod at uh, at point or Scotty Barnes does. Either way, Scotty's in the starting lineup. It just kind of depends where he is and what he's doing. OG, I've got could go either way. I'd like to see him become more of an offensive force. 
Scotty Barnes, we're going to talk plenty about him later. Pascal Siakam, the question is, is he even going to be there? If you go on to any, any uh, old fan can get onto Google and start searching around and there's plenty of crack theories about where he's going to end up next year. I've seen um, sixes. I've seen, um, where else was I looking? There was something weird today. Oh, there's, yeah, there's plenty. And then Jakob Pertl, my old mate from um, from over San Antonio way, obviously Pop used his mind powers to read the future and the organisation to move him on before uh, Wemby came. It was all, all worked out very nice and neat. Yeah, I we've got the starting five up on up on the screen now, and I do like Jakob Pertl's rebounds, but he just absolutely destroys you in free throw percentage. And I think maybe not having like if you were tanking free throw percentage, like Jakob Pertl becomes like the you know a top thirty guy. Um, you know, if you're using using some advanced stats there, like just. Just good and serviceable, I suppose, at the center. And somebody that you can get in that 70 range. You know, like the there's a lot of high-end centers that are going quite early. Um, do you consider him a little bit of value um, in that sort of, I suppose that's the sixth round, sixth or seventh round? Yeah, definitely. And if you use um, if you use Matty's Fantasy Score app, you really see that once you start punting free throws, that his his value skyrockets. He's one of those guys that sits atop of the list. Um, no threes as well. Very traditional center, but he's a he's a double double threat on any given night. He was who we looked to a handful of years ago as being a uh, a big block guy. And that seemed to be a world ago now where everybody, where all these big guys weren't just averaging two, two and a half uh, blocks a game. But he was he was yep. that kind of person. So I think there is value there. Field goal percentage is down last year over the last couple. But uh, what they're 62%, 63% there, that's obviously very competitive. He doesn't put a lot of shots up, but the ones he puts up go, go in. If he gets to the line, he murders you. But he doesn't. Unless they're doing hacker hurdle, um, he doesn't really get to the line that often anyway. Um, you know, they're not going to hack him on offense just because he, yep. he he isn't like a strong offensive force. So yeah, he's um yeah he's definitely someone of value. I've written down here that, and we've already had a little bit of a talk about it that Nick Nurse's uh, mad scientist routines over where he was trying to run the legs off his players. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he does that this this season with yeah. the 76ers but Darko uh Raj or how do I pronounce his name Rajokovic yeah, he was actually yeah. a um he, you might know him because he was a um he was an assistant coach a couple of seasons ago was it last season with the Grizzlies on your bench so um yeah, I know I, he's, I, I know he's had experience don't know there. too much about him but the but I suppose the the Grizzlies were great. They've got it. They've got another guy in. And um, are you surprised by the fact that Jakob Pertl only played twenty six minutes a night last last year? Like I I was looking at this. Like, did I read this wrong? Yeah, I think you've got to remember as well that he played that first half of the season with San Antonio, and they were all but shutting him down. They weren't getting him to do real much. Um, you know, they had Collins coming back. They were starting to kind of basically do a minute split, so I'd be interested to see what his um, minutes look like 
when he came over to the Raptors. But there was even times there where Pascal was still playing quite a bit of the five as well. So I I think, though, that number will go up. And with it, obviously, he'll be, I'd say, he's going to average double figures in the rebounds category. But you also look at this team, they're gigantic. Anyone can pull down a rebound on this team when you when your potential um, point guard is like six seven six eight, like anybody's yeah. going to be able to grab a board on this team. How about um, how about OG? There's plenty of green in his column there, like those great free throw percentages. He steals nearly at two um, blocks, still somewhat competitive. Assists let you down a bit. Is he someone that you're keeping an eye on, or is he a bit of a uh, an old story for you? Yeah, so it depends how my draft, and you know when I draft that I like to roll with the punches. I'm not an X's and O's guys. I won't go into a draft with a plan outside of get value early and just um and like do a punt build on the fly. Like just know my stuff, know when I when I'm punting, know guys that I need to to punt as I go along. But I'm not sure I see that much. I think when you're drafting him between the 40 and 50 range, you're getting a 40 to 50 range player. So if I do get really risky with my first couple picks, then yeah, OG Ananobi could, I suppose, um, steady the ship a little bit for me. Um, Cause I do really like those, those steals. Like it's a category that's worth as much at, as assists or rebounds and everything in point in, um in these leagues. Yeah, I just love that with those 1.9 a game. And I know what I'm going to get with OG. I don't think that's going to change. And how about if you look at that list and obviously with Fred Freddie Van Leek gone there, where do you think his shots are going to go? Like, is it going to be spread evenly across the board? I don't think they can squeeze much more out of Pascal, who's on this list, you would assume, becoming the um the the number one offensive guy. Do you think that um, that they just kind of flow flow into Barnes and he gets those shots? Like, what's going to happen? Because Freddie was in a situation last year where there was so much offensive um, pressure on him from coaching staff for him to get that ball and shoot it, and you saw what it absolutely destroyed and decimated his numbers, and his um, his three point percentage was a mess for the first time in well since he really hit the scene i guess and became a became a household name and then taking over the the guard duties um from lowry any any comment you've got on on yeah the gap that he leaves i think it's going to be a bit of a spread but i also expect their minutes all these guys minutes to go down maybe outside of yucca purtle uh maybe dennis schroeders will stay around that but i expect og scotty's and pascal's minutes to come down and i expect those numbers to kind of say the same but that's them getting extra shots while they're out there and then you know these these bartons these these mcdaniels these gaz trent like all these guys to get a bit more burn on the bench but i do think having a look at their bench offensive unless like Grady Dick or someone turns into somebody brilliant i do think that they're going to have to keep one of these guys on um quite often with the bench um because i'm not seeing the the bench depth there i'm seeing them having to rely heavily on these five guys on the screen yeah and that's why i think even when we get to the debate of Scotty v Dennis and who's getting the starting point guard nod they're both going to see plenty of time there 
because one of them is going to have to be on the court at all times. Yeah. Um, they can't really have minute. They can't have minutes in the game where they're not. But I agree with what you said. I hadn't really thought about that. There, Dennis is not a one for one switch out with Freddie. So we can't just say everything that all, all the um, the the role that Fred played is now just put on the shoulders of Schroeder. So those shots, those possessions, everything that he did is going to get naturally get filtered out to the rest of the starters. But at the same time, which would uh, make those numbers steady or increase. But then we're expecting that in those starting minutes, maybe beside Pirtle there, and as you said, Schroeder, Ananobi, Barnes and Siakam's numbers to come down with the two, three minutes that they're going to lose off the top of that. Um, so it probably all equals out in the wash pretty well. If if I can give anyone, I suppose, some nuggets of information, Pascal Siakam, like I suppose the general consensus, if you're talking to the fantasy community, was Pascal Siakam had a disappointing year last year. But, you know, them, this being rectified in today's ADPs, I think that you can get value for Pascal. Like, we, he has proven that he can be that sort of, you know, top 30 guy, top 20 guy even. Um, and I think that you're going to be able to get him later in the drafts. If you're a gambling man, the opportunity is still going to be there. Um, whether he stays healthy or not, you know, everybody can look into their crystal ball and guess. But Pascal Siakam not playing that center role, I would expect as much this year. Maybe just it has another great year. Like that's nearly eight rebounds, nearly six assists, like nearly 25 points per game. That's good. I mean, he lets you down on the um, on the defensive stats. The, the steals and blocks look a little bit sad. I'm going to talk about that a bit more in a couple of slides time. But you're right. Like what he does is fairly impressive. Um, no one's going to eat into his fantasy stats this year that you can see. Hopefully the body holds up now that he's playing a few less minutes on the court. Um, but, yeah, like to, for someone who's going to get you 25 points a game, um, I don't know, that excites me. And, yeah, I, I I agree. You look at you look at his ADP there at 27 and then his end of season rank at 51, you can see why people were disappointed to get, you know, your second yeah. pick in the draft, potentially your third, and then and then have that happen. But you look at the rest of the list here, like we don't want to talk too much about Schroeder, but what's that, 15 spots of difference between ADP and end of season rank? OG, people take him at 44 and he, and he paid back 41. That's good. Um, Barnes, people took him high thinking, you know, second year. There was a lot of hype around him. And I guess, again, there was disappointment. Him paying you back at an um, 82, rank of 82 from his ADP of 50. And then Pirtle, captain consistency over here. People, yep. people, people picked him up at um, 74 and they were stoked when they got him uh, end of season rank at 73. So he paid out the big bucks there with his with his one jump up. But, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, all all I'm saying it's, is like, it's, if yeah, you, much- like if you've like if you've built your team right, like God doesn't give with two hands. You're getting like say compare Pascal to OG. Um, which is on the screen. Like you get an extra eight points per game. If you're in a points league or if you're in a league where po- points are a bit more important, um, you know, you're getting extra rebounds, heaps of extra rebounds, heaps of extra assists. 
and we're sort of, you know, OG's probably going before Pascal at the moment in what I've in what I've sort of seen. Like if you've built it right and you're getting your steals, you know, in different ways, the extra points are handy. And that's I think this is a team too you're gonna to see just because of the uh the downfalls of the team in each player's individual weaknesses and strengths, if you get onto uh, fantasy scores and have a play around it, you're going to really find the value that's hidden in here. And you're going to be able to, if you're doing a, a punt, you know, punting a couple of categories, there's a few guys here whose names are, I think are going to move quite a bit up f- further up that list. Yeah. Um, yeah. So worth, worth playing with the tool. I know I've been on it, um, having a, having a bit of a fool around and seeing what I can get out of it. Um, I think for a team like this, there's a lot of value to be had yeah. in punts. Hunt. Hundred percent. Here's one I know you're excited about: the Barnes versus Schroeder. Um, do you think you can see them coexisting, like in a starting unit? Like you said earlier, they probably need one of them needs to be handling the ball at at any given time. Who do you think is going to get the nod at point guard to to start the season? I think I have a feeling it'll be Schroeder. And it's, I think a lot of the debates that you and I have had to have, even the ones I've had with Matty G when we get to a slide like this is who's going to start and who's going to be on the bench. Barnes is in no risk of losing his starting job. It just depends whereabouts he plays on the court and what he does with the time that he's out there. Schroeder, again, I I don't think it changes the story, the narrative too much for him. If he comes uh, off the bench as a six man, that's a position where, Traditionally, he's done quite well. He likes being that guy who can come out and uh, play his own type of basketball and be the star in the second unit. Um, And if he gets a starter's nod, obviously, you know, he's probably going to get more minutes out there. He's going to be surrounded by greater talent. Those assists might come up. But, yeah, I've just kind of jotted down some notes. I'll I'll have a talk over them and just tell me what you think stands out, if there's any comments you want to make. So I've kind of looked at the advantages of either of them at the point position and how that kind of flows out in the team. So I'm saying that Barnes, he had quite a handful of starts at the, at the point guard position last year. And that's the, that's a position he wants to be in. So he's telling the organization, I'm, I'm your, you know, rookie of the year. This is what I want. Hopefully he's going to see his his third year leap that the players seem to get. Um, So that's the position he wants to be in. If he starts a point guard, I expect that Gary Trent Jr. moves into the shooting guard position and then OG falls back to center, uh, center forward. Talking about hockey positions, small forward. <laughs> um, and then, as I said there, Schroeder plays six man where he's comfortable. They are a big starting five if you get Barnes in that yep. one spot. Like, who? Yeah, he's a big if boy. Barnes, if Barnes starts at point guard, who's the, who's the guy that comes on? It's Gaz, right? It has to be Gary. Like, there's like a, a big six with this team. There's no, there's no world where you see, you know, somebody else coming in. Will Barton can handle the ball a little bit, but yeah, there's no, there's no world where you see anyone else except for maybe, except for Gary coming in. Well, I mean, probably not at the beginning, but I would say that's the role that they eventually want uh, Mr. Dick to move into. So I'd say, yep. I'd say that he's he's eventually going to get that nod, whether it's in this season or not. 
depending how well he takes to the NBA. Um, yeah, we'll have to see, but he's the only other name that stands out to me besides um, Gary, and it, it won't be anyone besides Gary Trent Jr. for the early days of the season anyway. And then yep. we'll obviously cover that in insight when we get to it as the season rolls out. Um, I've got there as well um, that defenders are going to go under screens 100% of the time. Scotty can't hit a three. He doesn't take many threes. I think he was on point eight there, which is pretty dismal. Um, and I'm going to skip a few of my points there. Maybe that likens into someone like a Dre or a Simmons, someone who's not um, particularly hot with the, the three ball. They're all big point guards, essentially. I mean, I know Dre doesn't walk out as one, but that's the position he plays. And Simmons as well. Um, he's going to get harassed. This is Scotty. As he, as he comes up the floor by those um, hound dogs, you know, um, Beverly and um, oh, what's the little Mexican fella's name from, um, <laughs> from the Pelicans? Jose Ah, that's my boy. Yep. So, you know, I think they might get under him a little bit there and he might get stripped, you know. He, he isn't Fred Van Vliet. Um, we saw you look a bit Mexican. get a little bit less You look flashy. a bit Mexican with that mustache. Yeah, you do. Yeah, man, I need a little sombrero as well. Hola. Hola, yeah, chicken. Yep, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do a uh, Ancestry.com t- little test and see what happens. I don't know what's in this um, in this mongrel body of mine. <laughs> um, and the last point I really make on that side is, is bully ball is going to be a real thing, isn't it? You know, they're going to be able to pound in the paint, like the damage that they're going to be able to do when they just come up against these smaller teams, when they come up a team against a team like um, the uh, Golden State Warriors, you know, where, they're, yep. where their team is tiny compared to these guys. I mean, there's, there's a strengths and weaknesses conversation to have there, but they're obviously going to be able to um, yeah, bully their way in there. Before I go over and talk about the, the other side of the fence, anything that kind of comes to mind when you look at those points, any, any points of conversation? Not really. Um, it's it's funny that we're thinking this with the um, with the Raptors when the league has been going away from that sort of bully ball and and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, you could definitely see them playing some, I suppose, some smaller lineups and really like it's it would be hard to shoot a three over Pascal over you know OG um, over Scotty Barnes. They are going to be fucking huge, like. And if you get around them, you've still got to contest with. Uh, we just talked about the fact that Siakam's not a brilliant defender, nor is he a brilliant fantasy defender. But um, obviously, that's where the great white shark turtle likes to hang around in the paint, chomping bits out yep. of people. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be any real place safe to take a shot from. But um, yeah, and I mean, the, the great white on the other hope. side here. I look, yeah, he's a big, he's a big man. Um, yeah, we look at the other side here with Schroeder starting at the point guard um, position. He's coming off his fever MVP. Um, he was pretty unreal. Besides that, was that second last game where he was trash and hit like three of 30 or something like that for the rest of the competition. He was really impressive. And um, yeah, the the general managers sitting back in Toronto, Canada must have been rubbing their mitts together going, here we go, you know, like, I think back to was it two seasons ago where he um, turned down his what was his contract? He had this juicy contract and he said no, and then he ended up basically being picked up of, off the waivers and playing. Was it for 
Boston, if memory serves, at that time. Like, um, yeah, he kind of threw it all away. So that must have been pretty humbling for him. Yeah, but, but yeah. they got good value at $12.5 million a year, didn't they? Like, he, he did sign yeah. that contract with the Lakers to, I suppose, to show that he could do it. Yeah, in 2021, he got offered a four-year contract extension for $84 million. And then Bloody he went and signed a, man, he must five, have lost a, a one that. year. Yeah, five-year, $5.9 million with the Celtics. So, Kareem. I mean, this, no, this well. doesn't affect fantasy but he is going out there on these no. smaller contracts with a chip on his shoulder and i suppose was evident with how many shots he jacked up for the lakers um yeah he's gonna be a bulldog he's gonna be out there and he's gonna keep i suppose continuing to try and get paid year on year out so that's good like i like a yeah. i like a fantasy player that's you know not looking to get shut down at the end of the year or anything like that um and he seems to be somebody yeah. that you can get like with the last pick yeah, yeah, he's sitting there, and you know you're potentially getting a starting center, a starting center, a starting point guard in the in the NBA. Um, you know, I've said here too that starting him sets you up for a more traditional looking five. Um, he doesn't ma- demand obviously the levels of defensive attention that Fred Van Vliet does, so that obviously gets spread out around around um, those other three point shooters. Um, He's crafty. We saw that in Fever. He can just kind of like worm his way through traffic and he just kind of hoiks it up over his over his head and it seems to go in. Um, must be nice. He obviously has a better three ball than he than his teammate um, in Barnes because he can hit him. I don't think he's doing anything impressive. I think he was 1.3 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like in this scenario with him starting at the one pushing OG back to to the three that that's a better situation for OG. I can't really put my finger on it, but I just feel like he gets more shots. Um, I, yeah, it just seems more comfortable in that position. And the last thing I've said there, so I can shut myself up is that, um, is he the safer option for Darko? You know, like this is his first year. As a head coach, I don't think, I don't know how his industry works, but I know with mine, if your first year as the boss, you don't want to come out and do anything too radical. You just want to chill, scope it out, see what's going on. Um, I've said there, like I said to you before, that he was assistant for a number of years, I think about four years with OKC, moving to the Suns, then last being an assistant coach um, behind your Grizzlies bench. Obviously, those are three teams who have a very traditional lineup, you know, a traditional point yep. guard. So that's what that's what he's seen. It's hard to make predictions about what he's going to do. He could come out here and be like, no way, I'm going to light the world on fire. Barnes, you're starting your point guard. Let's mix it up. Let's go crazy. You know, like if I'm going to if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down the ball of flames. Or he comes in and goes, no, I'm playing this super safe. Like, Schroeder, you're my point yep. guard. Like. Scotty, you're staying at the three yeah. and playing three, four. Um, yeah. I, I hope so. I think he'll be afforded the luxury of there being no other ball handlers and him being able to, you know what, maybe Schroeder starts at point guard. But maybe Barnes plays 25 minutes a night at point guard. 
and or they share the ball handling duties out there. Um, you know, Schroeder can play off the ball as well. Um, he's he's a bit slippery. Um, so yeah, I think he will do both. I think like this is great, but I think actually both will happen, and you'll see it all in the course of a game. Um, so so have a look at that when you're watching watching the Raptors, and yeah, because that's what I think. I think that all this is going to happen. Agreed. Let's let's head over. Let's head over to Grady Dick. Do we want both our hands around this dick, Mister Live My Fantasy? Because, mate, from from what I've seen in tape, um, he's a baller, like like JJ Redick. Like I suppose if you're trying to compare them to people, like he just looks like he is a shooter, and his shooter's going to shoot, and he shot him at at decent clips. He's played really well. Um, he's got got some rebounds out of position and still defense, like still gets in those passing lanes and still gets steals. Um, yeah. What it, what's your comparison? Yeah, I mean, we're just looking at his college stats here. He's obviously young, like most of the, the top rookies in this draft class at 19 years of age. 6'8 is exciting. Like he, there's his versatility. You know, he's he could be a 6'8 shooting guard out there on a team that's already gigantic. He's just going to plug in there nicely. Or like he can play all the way up to the potentially because he is a, an explosive kind of guy and a decent defender. He might even be able to get go all the way up to um, power forward in some situations. He played 32 minutes a game. He played all 36 of his college games, which is as good. Um, that three point percentage, forty percent, is um, is very delectable. Um, if you're in a league where three point percentage is one of your categories, that's pre- he's probably going to uh, jump up the rankings a little bit there. Five point one rebounds sits him in nicely with this team, where everyone loves a rebound. No blocks, but I think that's probably expecting a little bit too much. But yeah, I've just said there like. He's filled in a position in Toronto that was was needed. Um, there he is in his beautiful jacket. Fuck. Look at that! Honestly, man. like I, I saw your notes and um, I just had to look at it. Holy wowzers! That's yeah. That's a yeah. that's a thing of beauty. That is a thing of beauty. Best 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 looking white guy to wear um to wear. Red sequence since uh, Michael Jackson in this humble uh, fantasy <laughs> observer's opinion. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I said there, you know, he's a Christian white boy. He's going to come out and do Christian white boy things. He's going to shoot. He's going to run around. He's probably going to get harassed. Um, he is relatively athletic for a white dude. So the I saw a comparison between him and um, Gordon Hayward, like, that felt about right yep. to me. I don't know if it's just the hair cut is similar, but you know, like, <laughs> obviously this is Gordon Hayward when he was playing in Utah, not not the guy yep. who's um yeah whose body's falling apart now and in retirement in um in in with uh, the Hornets. But yeah, I think that's a, a re- reasonable um comparison to make. Um, I think as well. I mean, this goes Huggins back to a couple of slides ago where you asked who besides Gary Trent is going to be a potential starter. And although I don't think it's going to happen in the first half of the season, I think there's a good chance that he moves into a position where he's getting plenty more minutes in the second half. Like there's a pathway for him. 
yeah, yeah, I like him. I, just, I think. Uh, I just think opportunities there, and I think I know I cut you off then, but I think that's where you're heading with it. I think opportunity is there for Grady Dick. So if you're in a dynasty league, or um, or you're having a flyer and you're in a, you know, a, a, a comp that goes 220 deep or 250 deep, you can add Grady Dick, can't you? Yeah, and if not, and if you're in a shallower league, you know, if you're playing 12, 14, 16, he's just someone I'd keep my eye on. Just watch what he does. Watch if the opportunity comes, you know. This is a different team because they've lost one of their top players. They've obviously got a new coach in. It's not obvious to us observers, fantasy and just NBA general observers, to see what is going to happen. So he'd be someone that I'd be... uh, Keep. I mean, you're not going to forget his name, and you're not going to forget that red suit. It's just <laughs> burnt into my retinas now. That, so, yeah, that he's might, going to be in that your might memories. Actually, the, these sort of things might actually not help you pick him up off waivers because he might be on people's uh, radar. But I don't think too many people are going to be watching watching Raptors games. I actually expect the Raptors to be bad this year. So, let's let's move on a on a little bit. Um, Mally's fantasy lens. Oh, it's a new segment. Um, what it. Take, take us through this, man. Yeah, I always like to see if something takes off. So, I mean, these are my – this is hot from the hot from the press of my, uh, my draft board at the moment. I just wanted to throw it out there to see what you think and obviously people can comment and um, and say okay. how they feel about the, the ordering that I have here. But just going in uh, – we'll, we'll go through, we'll go through each this. character and we'll go – We'll go through each one and I'll give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. So go for it. All right. All right. So I've got Pascal Siakam at 31. What do you reckon? Too high, too low? Where does he sit for you? I don't mind him at 31, but I think there's the opportunity to get him a little bit later in drafts. And that's where I'm more comfortable taking Pascal Siakam. So I am going to have him later in the drafts because I just don't see a world where I do draft him at 31. I like him. Um, I was I was just raving about him before, but I like him in and around that same range as OG. Now I've got him on my projections um, in my, on my draft board around a bunch of broken players. You know, I've got LeBron there at that same kind of position. I've got um, Kawhi there at that same sort of position. So he's kind of... He isn't as big as those names, and if they can play decent basketball outside of age and injury, I think they're going to wipe the floor with a guy like this. But for opportunity and just for for consistency and role, I think that he's definitely someone who should be considered at that range. I agree. I've looked at the at the mock drafts I've done. No one's really taking him around there, which gives me confidence that if I if I saw that he fit my team perfectly, I could wait around and see if he's still there. He's not going to be someone you cry about if you don't get. Yep. Take it, take us to the shooting guard position. Yeah, so um, OG Ananobi, I've got him at 46. I've said there that he is consistently on the steals leaderboard. Like he's not going to go away. The steals obviously fluctuate. You know, he could be all the way down to 1.4, 1.5. He could go all the way back up to in comfortably in the twos at 2.2, 2.3. Um, but there, I said on the downside, obviously his ranking is really heavily tied to those threes and his steals. So if they're impacted by his change of role, um, 
46 may end up being laughable in, in the worst type of way. But I think around that 50 mark, he's someone that I'm going to consider. He's just, he is quite consistent. What do you reckon? Higher or lower? Look, I've got him in and around the same. I'm just having a look at mine. I've got him in and around the same spot, but I don't love it. Like, I I just think I'll be chasing a little bit more upside. But when you have a look at other guys going around that area, like your your Brandon Ingrams, I think Walker Kessler in the 40s is absolutely bonkers. And then you have a look at, like, your Demars and your Jamal Murrays. Look, I I really don't, don't mind it. I just wonder if, like, somebody like him or Jordan Poole's on the board at 50. Think I might chase yeah. that upside a little bit more. That's that's, and I don't want to be yeah. sounding sounding negative on these because I actually really like OG and I like him as a safety blanket. And I think we're going to get what we get with OG. But yeah, I just wonder if I would chase some some more upside because I don't see stats going up this year. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. And then at ten positions later, at fifty six spot, I've got Scotty Barnes. He is going to get that third year kind of um, progression. He's going to continue to grow in his game from his rookie season and his sophomore season. Again, there I've said, and I was really quite surprised because he has isn't someone I've ever had. I mean, he's only played a couple of years in the league, but he isn't someone I've had or even tried to chase on my fantasy team. But to have someone who's really quite a, a stat stuffer, like he, he obviously struggles mm. with the threes, but the rebounds, the assists, um, having around that one mark for for blocks and for um, steals is kind of impressive. Um, but again, I put him down there, and I'd say you're going to probably echo my comments here with your fourth potentially your fourth pick. I don't know. Again, that just seems oh, there's no one here that I think is just someone who I'm going to grab at these positions. But I'm going to stick to 56. What do you reckon? Yeah, I've got him in and around exactly the same spot. I think that he gives you a little bit of everything. I think that there's growth for the assists in this in this world this year without Fred Van Vliet and, you know, the ball handling duties being up in the air a little bit. Um, yeah, I really like Scotty Barnes and I like him around that range. If you have a look at other guys that you have around that range, like do you think – well, uh, you, let's you tell me. Would you take Scotty Barnes or Chet? Chet. Would sure. you take Scotty Barnes or Bradley yeah. Beal? I think this year I would take Scotty. I mean, as we talk about upside, Scotty's clearly got yep. upside over Beal. Would you take Scotty yeah. Barnes or Jalen Williams? And then I've got one more afterwards. Oh, that's the best one you've thrown at me yet. I really like Jay Will, but I'm nervous to see if he can back up what he did in the second half of the season. So I think I will take I will take Scotty. So there you go. Would yeah. you take Scotty Barnes or Tyrese Maxey? Then I'm out. All right. Do I get to have the hindsight of knowing if Harden stays there or not, or is this just nope. if you ask me nope. today? This is this is the draft happening uh, today. Uh, Scotty. But again, yeah, if, cool. if you let me look into the future and I know Harden's not there, I'd go Maxi. Yeah, yeah, cool. I, lo- I um, like that. You've just you've just given me a bit more confidence in your feeling with Scotty Barnes there. So Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's maybe I'll talk let's myself it. into it, but we'll see. 
let's head into Jakob at, at 76. Um, you don't think that's yeah. that's a little low for Jakob? Um, again, he's not someone in all the mock drafts that I've been doing that I've really been picking up. I I seem to be walking into punt uh, block situations pretty often. And so he just goes straight off the board. Um, I don't think as well at, at 76, I'd be very happy to pass him by and wait till maybe that 80 to 100 mark. I can pick up Wendell Carter Jr. I can pick up your mate, um, Yusuf Nurkic. You know, there's still other. Yeah. I can pick up um, Jalen, you know. Um, yeah, there's there's other people I can pick up in that range that I think I'd be just quite happy to let him go. But I think he gives you 76 rank value, especially if you're doing a punt. So I'm going to commit think, to that as well. I think I rate it. I think, you, I think you're getting as advertised. Again, looking to steady the ship. In your draft, you've got some risky picks. Um, you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get awful aw- awful free throw percentage. You're going to get no threes. Uh, but I could see his block. I could see his blocks go up. This this um yeah. this one. Den- Dennis Schroeder stocks have to be going up after, I suppose, a tremendous. Uh, he's the world champion. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, he is. But ninety seven. Um, like I've seen him still sitting on the board at 130. Um, is it is it somewhere that yeah. you're putting him on the board, hoping that he's still sitting there at 120 and he's just up the top of your list, or would you really take him in the top 100? I think that's a high watermark. But um, yeah, I think realistically, when you're getting to that hundred mark, you, you can argue a position at, in and around that top 100. I if I saw someone take him at a ten points ten spots higher, I'd be a bit dubious. If I saw him go at one hundred and twenty five, I'd be like, fair enough. You know, I just yep. I think if you're lucky enough to get to see what he does in the preseason and what um Darko does in the preseason, it'll be interesting to see uh, if you get if you get the ability to see what's going on, whether you can take him at that range or. or or if you're going to be drafting sooner rather than later, obviously you may just have to pick him up and see what happens. But he's a guy that you wouldn't be upset if you had to drop, you know. And I think that's why I could yeah. take him at 100. And if I dropped him later on, I wouldn't care. I'm going to give you a rapid-fire three, and that's three guys that are going around this area. D'Angelo Did... Russell. I would take him over Schroeder. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> uh, I would take I would take Schroeder before I take Dinwiddie. I'm I'm buying into and... um Simmons hyping himself up. Yep. And Trey Jones. Uh that's my homer, so Trey. Yep. Yep, yeah, that cool. one that one might be clouded by my my love of uh, the Spurs, so yep. So so yeah. Gaz nice. Gaz at 120. Um Mate, uh, is it just the steals? Because I don't see that much offensive upside in him. I think so. I think if I'd say anywhere past 100, you're not going to get 1.6 steals out of somebody. Um, maybe beside, oh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I think obviously you'd have to be hoping that he puts puts those steals together. I said here that again he's he's ranking is really tied to his threes and his steals in a stronger way than it is for OG Ananobi, who has the rebounds, who has can get blocks, he has other things that he can rely on. Whereas Gary Trent yep. doesn't. He is just literally steals and threes. So again, yeah. if you don't pick him up and you end up needing him, I think he's going to be there. So that's below his current ADP anyway. Um, so I've found myself like, you know, if I need steals, he is a guy that I would look for, but he just seems to be going before I'm willing to take, take this, uh, this, I suppose, off season. Look, it, it is inflated and his steals can change. Um, but yeah, I think the opportunity will be there. I think he's playing minutes. I think that he will just, again, just give you what's advertised. Yeah, agreed. All right, man. Um, I've got the Raptors um, being towards the uh, the bottom of the East. I think they're not going to be able to handle um, Fred Van Vliet going as well. Um, I think they're young. I'm not even sure if Pascal Siakam's going to be there. Um, I think giving the keys to Scotty Barnes is going to have a lot of teething issues. And I'm worried about putting a top four, top five, top six pick with the Raptors because I'm worried that they're just going to be awful and that they are going to be getting a very good draft pick this year. That's where I sit with the Raptors. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I think I think if Siakam goes, they've really got to shut it all down. You know, they, they can let Scotty Barnes, you know, go into sandbox mode and just play around as much as he wants as, uh, as point guard. Um, you know, you can let Grady Dick go out there and shoot the lights out and all the other white Christian fans will come out and watch him do that and ticket sales will be strong. Um, yeah, I I agree. I, I have them pretty far down the bottom as well. I mean, you look at them, you look at them as a team just on paper and you think, this is a team that could do all right. But I think you're right with all those other external factors with a huge shakeup to their starting lineup in positions and ins and outs with a new coach they're going from, you know, a coach of the year in Nick Nurse to a, a rookie, you know, a guy who's trying things out for the first time who probably end up becoming a, a bit of a puppet master for the head office and probably just do what he's told and be out there and point the finger. But, yeah, that's all my thoughts. I think I've been absolutely juiced on the Raptors. <laughs> nah, sounds good, man. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up. Um, where, can, where can they find you on Twitter, mate? You can find me at live underscore my underscore fantasy. If you want to know what players uh, are liking themselves to what vehicles, then you've come to the right place because that's basically what I talk about. <laughs> it's a very niche market. <laughs> and if you want, uh, speaking of my own niche market, if you want beer selfies, uh, follow me at SC underscore Matrix. And uh, yeah, you can get them all night. We're talking, we're talking NBA on there all the time. Um, you have been listening to a podcast from the Insight Podcast Network. Thank you. Cheerio.